tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Carolina Bermudez. Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know when people are listening. So, you know, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I want to cover it all. (laughs) Well, you are now tell me, I know I was just saying, because I was like watching your Instagram stories last night. You just had like a travel nightmare this weekend. Oh my gosh. It has been like bananas. And I traveled with my kids, which it's not always easy. So I have a five and a seven-year-old and we flew back from Costa Rica, the trip of a lifetime. Like it really was so beautiful, but then it was just delay after delay after delay. Like we came Costa Rica to New York because I had to drop my husband off because somebody has to work around here. And then I brought my, my kids down to visit my parents in Miami And I thought, you know what? Not a big deal. I'll repack their bags. It'll give me one day to kind of like reset everything. It was a complete and total nightmare. I left my house at three o'clock in New York. I did not arrive in Miami until close to 1 a.m. So it was, yes. And my boys are little troopers and I'm not like one of those moms. I'm not like the other moms. Like I I really do like call them out when they act like, you know, little brats, but like they were unbelievable. They were the, the best little troopers. I said they were the MVPs of the trip. They were incredible. So I said, you know what, with everything that was going on, like, I think like God smiled down on me and he was like, I'm going to make them act okay for you today. <laughs> so that was like the best part. That makes all the difference. Right. Cause I was looking at, I saw your line at JFK and I was just, I'm like, Oh my God, please no. Uh, and I have pre- TSA pre-check. I have global entry, all of those things, but like, sometimes I don't get pre-check and then I have to stand in the line. And it's like, you know what? It, I said to them at the end of the day, I said, this is a lesson. I said, it's a lesson in patience. It's a lesson in how to maintain your composure because people were losing their minds. And I had to explain to them, like, there's nothing we can do. It's out of our control. We can either be upset about it, or we can just, you know what, band together and let's get through it together. And honestly, like it was really a lesson for them. So I said, in the end, they learned something and I didn't look like a crazy person because I wasn't yelling at people, you know? So, and like when you don't get pre-check, nobody cares. Like you could be like, here's, here's all my, they're like, sweetie, whatever it is, get in the line. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Go ahead. You can stand in line. Yeah. So no sympathy there. Well, that's good. I mean, now I know like you're from Ohio, you went to Arizona state, you spent time in LA and Miami, and now you live in New York. Like, are you such a New Yorker now that you've been here for a while? 
you know what? I actually said on our show, because um, I host a morning show here in New York City, and I said to them, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised in Ohio, but I feel like after living in New York for the past 16 years and having my children in New York, I think I qualify as a New Yorker now. You know what I mean? I think that I got my stripes, and I truly love being from New York. There's a sense of pride that you have. There really is, you know? And like I said, I was born and raised in the Midwest, which like, that, those are my roots, but I am a New Yorker. You know what? I moved that way now. Like whenever I go somewhere else, I'm like, oh my gosh, I truly am from New York now because of like just my rhythm and my movements and everything. And there's just, there's something about being from New York that you can tell, you know? So yes, I definitely claim it now as my like home and that's where my boys and my family is. So definitely. We talk fast here. We walk fast. We think fast. We're just like, we, yeah, we know how to relax, but we're like, okay, you got to pick up the pace, guys. Yeah, there's there's just something in our DNA now. You know what I mean? And people know that you're from New York, like in Costa Rica, people would ask, so it'd be like, are you from the United States? You New York? And I said, yes, how could you tell? They're like, we just know. So yeah, it's definitely, you could tell. That's so funny. Well, speaking of New York, before we get to, like you said, your current morning show, Carolina with Greg T on KTU <laughs> and iHeart, before we get to all of that, speaking of New York... You recently made major headlines all over the media about, you know, the fact that apparently the producers of Real Housewives of New York have contacted you to possibly be part of the cast for next season. So what, Carolina, can you tell us about that? I honestly, I can't comment on that, but I will say I am a huge, huge fan of the franchise. I mean, I think everybody knows what it's all about. And um, I think that the women that are on the current cast are incredible. I mean, Ebony was such a great addition. Ebony is actually very good friends with one of my really good friends, Charlemagne, who works in radio. So it's there's all of these like connections there that you know and I don't know Ebony but I've heard so many amazing things about her but um you know I really honestly I can't comment on that but I all I can say is that I think they're doing a great job and and I think all the ladies are really lovely like Luann and her cabaret and you know I mean just being from New York I've been exposed to a lot of them throughout my career so um yes yeah that's okay so you don't need to comment on whether you've been contacted (laughs) but do you so you, you actually watch the show like do you watch the show are you a fan of like the Bravo shows Absolutely. I mean, I would be lying to you if I told you like, oh, I don't watch. I, I mean, I like I said, I've uh, throughout my career interviewed all of the housewives have had their ventures, you know. So um, when I was on a television morning show, they would come through like Heather Thompson came through with Yummy Tummy and Teresa when she wrote a book like so. And it's not just the New York housewives, it's the New Jersey housewives and other um, other franchises. So uh, like Brandy, when she wrote her book, came through on a show that I was working on. So there's really been a lot of exposure there. And uh, I follow it. Absolutely. Like Beverly Hills right now. I'm sorry. Kathy Hilton is everything. They slept on her for too long. They needed to bring her out like five seasons ago. I absolutely love her. So yeah, I, I definitely watch. She is, Kathy is killing it. She is just literally, you know, because I, I said right when she was cast, I'm like, she doesn't need the fame and she doesn't need the money. And no. once you don't need either, like you're there and you're just yourself, like you don't care. Totally. And I love that she's bringing like her realness, you know, like the Red Bull in the middle of the night is something I would potentially do. You know what I mean? So I just love how real and genuine she is. Do you know any of the women like outside of like having interviewed them like Luann, Ramona? 
I don't. I don't. I've only in professional settings have met them. Like, uh, for example, when Bethany was on the show, she came through another morning show that I was working on. So and that's why I'm saying it's like New York. It's such a big town, but it's such a small town. Like I was at a lunch with Carol Radswill. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like there's a lot of different places where I've had the exposure or the connection with them. But I can't say that I like have any of them on in my phone or, you know, that I'm texting with anybody. No, no, I don't have that kind of a connection. How do you think, because I sat down and interviewed Ebony like this, and I was just, I mean, forget about what you see on TV. I was completely blown away. And I don't yeah. say that about everyone I sit with. Right. How, do you, how do you think she's doing this season? I just think she is doing such an incredible job of giving us herself, truly. I really think that's who she is. But also, she's really educating the women a whole lot. And I think that that's like an added job that, that she maybe knew that she was going to have, but I don't think that she knew the extent of it. And I think that we've seen that throughout the season, this, this past season. Um, and I just think she's a remarkable woman. Like, I mean, she really is goals. You look at her and she's just, she's got all of these like accolades and she's just a wonderful person. And she's got these wonderful connections with people, you know, I mean, she's got her podcast, she's a lawyer, but she's also, it seems like a really good friend, which I love, you know? Totally. If you were to get the job and you were to accept the job and you don't have to make any comments on that, you know, for New York, you would be the first Latina hired. I mean, is that not lost on you? You know what I mean? Like, would that factor into your decision? Like, you know, it's about time, right? Like, I mean, look, Bravo is doing such a great, a great thing. Like on all of their shows, they really made a concerted effort for like diversity of inclusion. But would that factor into your decision? Absolutely. I mean, listen, there are not a lot of Nicaraguan Americans here, you know, and I say that and I'm, and I'm not making light of the subject. I mean, I'm in Miami where, you know, my parents are the living now and there's a lot of Nicaraguans here, but like I'm a true first generation, you know, so to let people know, I think a lot of people think like, oh, you're Latina, like being from New York, you're Puerto Rican, you're Dominican. And, you know, for me to be able to open people's eyes to our country in Central America, which I've gone back to, I've gone on missions to go back and help build houses. I mean, I truly am connected to my parents' home country. So to me, it really would be an honor to expose people to things that maybe they're not aware of. I say Nicaragua and people honestly ask me if I'm from Africa. And I'm like, no, Nicaragua, it's in Central America. Like, did you not take geography class, you know? So just that in itself would, would be an impetus for me to do it. But also just the fact that I would be able to represent from Latinas, like, like New York, there's so many Latinos in New York, you know? So to me, it's a surprise that it would take this long for them to do it. And I know that Bravo has done a wonderful job of being inclusive and showing diversity. So um, if they were to do it, I think it would be time. Did you hear after this went all over? And I mean, we, we have this every year. It's not just you. Like there's <laughs> yes. lots of people every year. This one's on the short list. That one's on the short list. Did you hear from like anyone, like either on Real Housewives of New York or, and listen, you've interviewed everyone who's everyone. Like, did you hear from all these famous people you've interviewed, the cast? I won't name any names, but um, I did get a couple of uh, DMs on Instagram that were like, what, girl, this is so amazing. Are you serious? And um, and I did res- I did respond to those people. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of buzz every season whenever they're trying to recast and, and you just never know what direction they're going to head in. But um, I did get some great feedback from certain people. So that was that was very nice. <laughs> Did you hear, like, what did your employer say? Like, okay, w- wait a second. Remember your day job over here, Carolina. Exactly. No, you know what? Um, That's one good thing about iHeart. They love 
for us to be multi-platform talent. They love for us to have our hands in different, um, you know, areas. So for me, I heard has been nothing but supportive throughout any venture that I've ever done. I mean, they've always supported whenever I would go and co-host the talk or the view, they really do celebrate that. And they love when their talent is, you know, all they, they love for us to be all over the place. So there would never be any issue with that. Before we move on, <laughs> if you got the job, like, have you given any thought to like, you know, what type of housewife you would be? Like, who would you be friends with out of this cast? Even though you don't know any of them, you watch the show. Who yeah. do you think you would just like gel with at right away? Truthfully, I really love Ebony. I think Leah is wonderful. I think she's having a tough season. I think people are being really hard on her. And I just, I don't know. I feel like whenever I've watched her in the past, like I've really identified with some of the things that she's talked about. I mean, she's a young mom and she has her daughter. So I think that that would definitely be a connection for us, but you know, Luann's a good time. I mean, I know I've actually hung out with her at industry events and different situations. Um, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Sonia. And, um, you know, I just think that right now they're cast. There's like, uh, Ramona, who is the mainstay of the show. Um, you know, I just think that there's a lot of room for growth there. You know, I mean, I think that they've had the same cast and there's word that Tinsley might come back. You know, there's always these rumors, but I think the ladies are lovely. And I'm honestly, I think that if you look at my handle on all social media, I'm the real Carolina and I keep it all the way real. And I think that there is a big difference between my lifestyle and the lifestyle that the ladies currently have. I have two young, small children. I'm really trying to balance it all. I have a very you know, my career is very important to me. I have a very driven husband who has his own firm. Like, I mean, there's a lot that goes on in our house. So there are times where my husband and I look at each other and like, people wouldn't believe it. I mean, I I always say to him, like, people would never believe what we go through in our lives. Like, for example, this past weekend and traveling, I mean, that would have been a show in itself. You know what I mean? And how you So if there were ever a chance for me to you know, get on a show like this, I would be nothing but real and be myself because I think that people would appreciate that. I think that's what people really connect with. I agree. I think once you are trying to be there and you want to be there and you're holding on, that's when the audience is like, peace out. Like we're yeah. too, too smart at this point in the, in the game to know when there's fakeness being brought. Absolutely. And, and I just think that there's just an authenticity to what I do and who I am. I mean, like I said, I've been on the radio in New York for the past, gosh, I'm trying to think since 2005. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been 16 years. And I've always said, I've been my true authentic self. People have known things about me throughout my journey when I was dating, when I couldn't find love, when I finally met my husband. And so I think that people genuinely appreciate that because they know you, they feel like they know you. And that's why whenever somebody meets me, that's listened to the show, they say, I feel like I know you, I've followed your life. And I'm like, but you have, because I've given you everything. So for me, there really isn't anything to hide. Well, you know, all those reasons, plus the fact that you do have a husband and kids, which may be the norm for some other housewives franchise. It is not the norm for New York. These are all the reasons that you would be just a great housewife, Carolina. <laughs> well, thank you. That's so sweet of you. So if this comes to fruition, just remember that I put my stamp of approval on you. And then when I would like you to come back here after you're a housewife, just remember this. 
Absolutely. You were the first, David. I got it. Okay. You know, they, 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 they say you don't forget your first. So just, you know, keep me, keep me up there. Absolutely. Well, okay. So we can move on from that. Thank you for clarifying what you can clarify. Of course. Do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as I do? Where to go, what to do, where to stay? I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation. And that is why I turned to Apple Vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them, and this is music to my ears, as your one-stop shop for that next-level summer vacation. Apple Vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish. We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S., Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, and tips. Nonstop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75 That's SAND75 and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get the steal of a deal to your favorite Live Aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get this amazing deal at your favorite Live Aqua resort today. Let's talk about your iconic career now, because you have a career that, you know, many people would just be thrilled to have. Now, is this true that you started your career by studying acting? Well, I started my career uh, studying broadcasting, truthfully. I have my BA in broadcasting from Arizona State. All I ever wanted to do, and I'm being like, just totally honest and transparent with you, since I was a little girl, I would tell my father, we would watch World News Tonight with Peter Jennings. My dad's a doctor and he, I'm the youngest of six. So I was the one that got like the least attention. So I would have to find those moments with my mom and dad. And I would watch the news with him. And I would say to him, daddy, one day I'm going to be on TV. And he'd like pat my head and be like, okay, honey, yes. Yeah. You know, because we were like from Ohio, they don't know anything about the entertainment industry at all. And it was a goal since I was a kid and, and I, and I wanted to do it. I wanted it. So I have always wanted to be on television, on, on the radio, actually, which was, you know, my first love. And um, yes, the acting thing truthfully came about when I was in college and I started taking some acting classes in college. And then I decided to minor in theater and I really found a love and a passion for it. And at the time I said to my dad, you know what? you're only young once you can only go to LA when you're, you know, younger. It's not like I'm going to go when I'm a 40 year old woman and try to break into the entertainment industry, you know? So I figured why not give it a shot? But those three years that I lived in LA were some of the most important years of my life. I was a waitress. I was struggling. I was going on casting calls. I was having producers tell me I wasn't this enough. I wasn't that enough. And it really gave me that thick skin that I needed to be in the industry. And so I always look back on that time fondly, but Miami is really where I started my radio career. And I always 
like, I take a step back and I look and I think I'm this little girl from Ohio, man. And I've lived in LA, Miami, New York. It really is something so special. So I never, ever take any moment for granted. How, how did you start in radio? I won a contest. I am not kidding. I won. There was a wild on Y contest. Y100 was having this general casting call. They were looking for, do you remember the, the, the show on E wild on E with Brooke? I think her, it was with Brooke Burke or I forget her last name. Brooke Charvet. Yeah. Brooke, Brooke Charvet. Yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, well, she used to go to all of these different places and she would go to these parties. They were looking for a girl or a woman to do their Saturday night, Friday and Saturday night broadcasts. And I could not get a job. I had a degree. I was trying to break into radio. I had these two gentlemen who were so incredible with me, the Baker boys. I met them at a conference. This is like, I I promise I'll get to the point here. No, no, this is all. I mean, I didn't expect to say that you won a contest. So now I'm totally intrigued. Okay, so then basically I was um, checking people in at the Latin Billboard Music Awards. It was a freelance gig. It was the only gig that I could get after moving back home from LA. And I was like, I got to get into this industry. I don't know what to do. So I'm checking people into the Latin Billboard Music Conference and the Baker Boys came in. And one of them said to me, you have an amazing voice. Have you ever you know, thought about being in radio? And I'm like, have I ever thought about being in radio? I'm like, it's all I studied in college. And he said, well, we'll teach you everything you need to know if you want to be an intern. So I was an illegal intern. They, they would let me in through the back door. They were teaching me everything I needed to know for their morning show. And then um, they found out. The company found out. It was Clear Channel at the time. Now it's iHeart. So they banned me from the building. And they were like, this girl is not getting college credit. She cannot come back into the building. And so I was so upset. And my parents said to me, you've got to move back home. This thing isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to get a job. Like, you got, we have to get you, like, moving here. So anyway, one of the guys called me and he said, don't go home just yet. Y100 is having a contest. They're looking for a girl to broadcast on Friday and Saturday nights. This is your gig. So I don't remember how many hundreds of girls went up to the gig. They brought it down to 10, and I won my first radio contract. It wow. is. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and they basically only wanted me for Friday and Saturdays, but my PD at the time, my program director, Rob Roberts, I went to him and I said, look, this is what I studied. You're not utilizing me to the fullest extent. I said, let me do an entertainment report for the afternoon show. I said, and just see what I can do. I did the entertainment report for the afternoon show for a couple of months and he moved me to mornings. It's, wow. it's really, it's, it's a, honestly, and I say this humbly, it's a remarkable story. It'll never happen again this way, probably. But like, I look back on it and I'm like, how lucky was I? You know what I mean? Like how blessed and how lucky am I? Because if I didn't win that contract, who knows where I would be right now? Yeah. And that's not where I expected you to go with that. <laughs> well, it did work out and it brought you to Z100 with Elvis Duran, where yes. you worked for many, many years. Yeah. How was that? 
I, I actually said this to Elvis. He just celebrated 25 years of being on the air at C100. And I say, you know, I studied broadcasting in college, but I got my master's from Elvis Duran. He is a legend in the radio business. I mean, he is truly an incredible man. Um, he really did just being in his presence taught me everything that I needed to know about radio, how to move a morning show. Um, it was it was tough. It was challenging at times because it was part of being part of an ensemble. He has to make sure that everybody is happy. So I, I don't envy his position because it's really challenging. But I will say there were some of the best years of my life and I will always look back on them fondly. What was because I mean, it is I could imagine that that's not an easy job working with no. Elvis and just it's on such a magnitude, like heard all over the world. Like what was the most difficult thing about it? Um, really, honestly, I think every single morning trying to keep up with him, you know, Elvis just knows everything. And it's so funny. I mean, he's just such a cultured person. You know, you could bring up an art piece that you saw in France and he'd be like, oh, I saw that 10 years ago. It's such a, I mean, he knows a little bit about everything. So trying to keep up with somebody like that, to me, it was a great lesson. And it also taught me a lot about his work ethic, how I should work on a morning show. Um, I will say like, there were some mornings where, you know what, like, everybody has mornings like this, like where you just don't feel like, and the one thing that Elvis said, he's like, when that mic turns on, it's a show, baby, let's go. And so that is also something that I definitely learned from him. But um, yeah, I mean, we had our ups and downs because we became syndicated the year after I came to New York. So imagine moving to New York and, and trying to digest that and trying to get the lay of the land and then saying like, oh, and by the way, now, now we're going to put you on and syndicate you in Miami and in Philadelphia and in Cleveland. So trying to tailor the show to all of those different audiences too was a lot of work, but we did it. <laughs> right. And I mean, as it was happening though, you were probably like, oh my God, like we're going in syndication. Like this is it. Like I've arrived. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a big deal. And also I was getting married at the time. I mean, there was just, there was a whole lot for me to kind of just manage, but, um, but no, it was, it was an incredible experience. Well, you were also a senior editor at In Touch magazine. Tell us about that. Well, you know what? I've always been so highly motivated. And just like I said, I heard really loves when you are on a bunch of different platforms. I mean, they really love when people are go-getters. Like, and I came to New York, I had no boyfriend and all I had was my career. And I was like, I'm going to make the most of this. And I thought, how can I get on television, be a talking head, do the stuff that I want to do, but yet still maintain, you know, my morning show, which is, you know, that that's really the base of my career. And so um, I reached out to us, or I'm sorry, I, I reached out to In Touch Weekly and, um, and they were like, you know what, let's make you a senior editor. I mean, I wrote for them. I did a lot of other things. And so at that time, I was um, also freelancing for E! News. So whenever a movie premiere would come into New York, they would call me and say, okay, we need you on the red carpet for the Entourage. I think Entourage was one of them that I did. Um, they're premiering in New York. So there was a lot of juggling going on, but I just said, I prayed for this. Like I literally would pray in my room and be like, this is what I want to do. And so whenever the opportunities came up, I just took them. I did it. Well, also one opportunity you took was guest starring or starring on One Life to Live. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Okay, so my friends always make fun of me because Blanca Morales is honestly one of like the highlights of my career. I was only supposed to be on for like three episodes. Yeah. And it ended up turning in to like, you know, a 10, I think it was 10 or 11 episodes that I ended up doing, but it was just like, 
from me to have studied acting and like going to LA, it just came full circle. And honestly, my mom used to love to watch soap operas when I was younger. She used to love all my children and one life to live. And so for me to call my parents and tell them it was mind blowing, it was such an incredible experience. And like, just to be able to go on set and like, and, and, I think honestly to flex that muscle, you know what I mean? Like to, to be able to say like, wow, I did that. I accomplished something. So it is one of the highlights. And that's why my friends always say, is this Blanca? Like whenever I'm telling them something and they don't believe me, they're like, are you being Blanca right now? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you the truth because they don't know if I'm like acting. They're, they're hilarious. So the fact that you brought this up, my friends are going to love it. <laughs> Listen, I used to be like all my children, one life to live and general hospital. That was, I, I think like you were either like the C, you know, I think you stuck to your network. Like I was an ABC soap person. I, whatever was on the other channels wasn't for me. It was all about Pine Valley and Port Charles and one life. I to mean, live. totally. That's why I'm saying it's like, and in general hospital, honestly, even until I was in college, like some of the girls in my dorm, we'd all get together and we'd be like eating ramen, watching, you know, sunny. And that's why that that whole moment for me was everything. So yeah, that was really cool. And then it got canceled and then people blamed me. They're like, ever since you went on, it got canceled. I was like, I had nothing to do with it. So you're like, all of soaps are canceled. Exactly. And listen, I know it's a reality show, but you know, maybe your preparation on One Life to Live, should you ever end up on The Housewives, you've experienced acting in a dramatic setting, you know, maybe that's prepared you in a roundabout way. Yes. Well, hey, look, Kyle was an actress a long time ago. There's a couple of them who have dabbled in acting. So you never know. It could be helpful. You never know. Well, okay. So you have interviewed some of the biggest icons in the entire world. So let's just talk about some of these interviews of yours for a second. And I would like to start with the queen of the world. I mean, there's only one queen, of course, Miss Madonna. Yes. Yeah. When you say there's only one queen. Yes. Well, you've interviewed so many, you have to think, (laughs) but I will throw down if someone wants to challenge my queen Madonna. So, you know, yes, Beyonce is great and all the others, but let's just talk about the queen Madonna. Well, if you were going to say diva, I would go with Mariah. And I say that with much respect, but when you say queen, I wholeheartedly agree with you that it is Madonna. Madonna is a challenging interview though. I will say that, you know, um, I've had the opportunity to interview her a couple of times and um, it is, I'll say this, you have to be on your toes. You have to be ready and prepared because she will call you out. And, and I respect that. I really do because she has done this. She has been in this game for so long and she can read right through you. So Madonna, I will say, has been one of the most important interviews of my career. I, I rarely get nervous before an interview. My hands were trembling before I interviewed Madonna. But the first time she put me at ease and she was just so lovely and wonderful. I told her a great story about how my mom choreographed a dance to like a virgin for me when I was six years old at my Catholic school. She died when she heard that story because I mean, you know, Madonna was Catholic. And and so, you know, just having that connection with her, but, um, but she's amazing. I mean, she's one of the best, but yeah, she's tough. She is a tough interview. Well, you must've been nervous telling her that story. Cause I could see that story going one of two ways. Like that's right. hilarious. Or like, what's your point? Why are you trying to impress me? And she would say that. And she would say that to yeah. somebody, but she got a kick out of it. And she was just like, you were six years old. 
at a Catholic school and your mother choreographed. I was like, yeah, my mom didn't really get it, you know? And so we had a little laugh over that, but no, she's wonderful. And, you know, I mean, anybody who has had that kind of a career, you have to really understand that they have been through this cycle so many times. So you have to bring it when you interview her, you know? Was she one of the most difficult interviews you've ever had? Or like the most nervous, yeah. Yeah, honestly, yes. Only, only because not only is she intimidating, but because your preparation, that's, I think that's more of it. Like, you know, you have to get out of your head and be in the moment, but also remember what you're talking to her about. You know, I mean, there are a lot of things that go into interviewing somebody like her. That's why people say it's like, oh, it's just a conversation. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, because a conversation, you can say to somebody, hold up, wait, I didn't mean that. Or, you know, but when it's an interview, you've got to be ready. So yeah, I would say that she is probably one of the more difficult ones, but yeah. not, not difficult in a sense of her being difficult, difficult in that I needed to make sure that I was ready for it. Yeah. And I could only imagine how nervous you were. I saw the clip with like Dylan's candy with like, it was you and Elvis interviewing her. And I was like, I was nervous just watching it for you, knowing that I Ugh. was going to interview you here. I, I literally watched it last night and I was like, I'm nervous for you watching this. Yes. That one actually was one of the tougher ones. I interviewed her after that and she was lovely again. And and also, you know what? I think that this is something that people need to remember that celebrities are human. They have good days. They have bad days, you know, and there are some celebrities that we have interviewed on a really bad day that later on you're like, oh my gosh, they're so lovely that I don't know that that interview, I will say, there was a lot going on that day. There were, we were at Dylan's Candy Bar. It was for the hard candy, I remember, for her, um, for her album. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of other factors that I think that happened that morning that played into that interview to give her a lot of credit. And um, you know what? Like After Elvis and I went and we had a drink, we were like, excuse my language, WTF just happened. We were like, what just happened? <laughs> so it was definitely one of the ones where we went back and, and thought about it and you mull it over and you say like, how can I do this better next time? How can, how can I make somebody feel more comfortable? So I, I definitely took a lot of notes from that one. You can swear on here, by the way. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I didn't know if I was, I know. See, look at me editing. So. <laughs> well, the other thing about Madonna is what she's notorious for is like, she does like to go off script and just take it sexual, which she did in that interview, but she doesn't like yeah. almost every interview. And, you know, like when you're trying to stick to the like, but you're going to get upset if we don't mention your new CD, Hard Candy, and your new tour, Sticky and Sweet, and all these things that you're actually here to promote. Do you really want to go down this road or do you want us to keep, like, it's like you almost don't know what to do, right? Well, I think that the, you have to remember, we were on Z100 and this was broadcasting live. So if we were in a podcast setting, I would absolutely go there. But you also have to remember, there might be a 10-year-old listening to this interview or, you know, the FCC. I mean, there were a lot of things that we were kind of thinking of in our head. And I remember exactly the moment that you're talking about. And Elvis and I looked at each other, we were like, uh, wh- like, what do we say with that? What do we do with that? So yeah, but then that also can be a turnoff to someone because they want you to be playful with them. They want you to go back and forth. So that's something that like, there's an art to interviewing, which by the way, I will tell you, you are incredible. You are so good. You have researched. I'm like so impressed by what you do, but there are a lot of people who don't put in the work and they just go to the interviews. So yeah, I, I, like I said, I definitely learned a lot from that one. (laughs) Well, thank you for saying that I'm good. I mean, I'll take it. Yes, it's, it's work. It's work. People that think it's not work, it's it's work. 
my lips get so chapped. And this is a problem I basically had my whole life and I didn't know where to turn. I tried everything. And that is when I heard of Chop Saver. Chop Saver was created by a trumpet player, someone who uses their lips all day for work. And I figured who better than to turn to than someone who has heavy use on their lips? a good place to start. Well, it's the only place I needed to go after discovering Chop Saver. Chop Saver combines a special blend of healing herbs and natural moisturizers to help you crack that smile without cracking your lips. It's soothing. It comes in two types and it has a nice, great citrus flavor. I am telling you, my lips feel good and taste good all day. It's lip relief like I've never known before. And now, as a Behind the Velvet Rope listener, you get 15% off for a limited time. Go to chopsaver.com and enter the code VELVET. That's right, chopsaver.com and enter the code VELVET. And you'll get 15% off. I love that it's organic. I love the taste. I love the smooth, silky texture. And hey, while I'm talking to you guys all day here behind the velvet rope, my lips have never felt better. Chopsaver.com, enter the code velvet for 15% off. Well, you know, you can tell in the product, like, and, and, the, and the end product, you know what I mean? Because if you do your research and if you really know about your subject and you know what they're going to talk about, like, then it's a better interview. You're more comfortable, they're more comfortable. And it really is a lesson. That's why I always tell people, like, our interns, I always tell them to sit in on interviews. I said, this is the best lesson that you're going to get. You're not going to get that lesson answering phones out there or, you know, fulfilling prizes, like come and sit in an interview and see how you can have a rapport with somebody and really get that nugget. Like you really want to get that one piece that's going to hit. So yeah, that that's, that's what I tell my interns all the time. It is a skill. Yes. Talk to me about Katy Perry, because I know you interviewed her and you were, I think, one of the first or the first to ask her about her epic $25 million paycheck for Idol. And that was her bold announcement. And then that went all over. Talk to me about that interview. Honestly, that was a moment where I was interviewing her and in inside, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to do it. She's going to do it. I didn't ask her with the intention of her telling me an actual number. What I was asking her was as a woman, because I feel like we do, we, this is something, and I'm not going to go off on my soapbox about how women are undervalued and underpaid in this country, because we are, uh, for, for the most part, especially in the entertainment industry, I was again, trying to connect with her woman to woman, you know, and that's where I asked her about the idol thing. And I had no idea that it would cause such a shitstorm because apparently it did. And then Ryan Seacrest came out and then all of these other people, they were like, so it really was a moment. And as she was opening her mouth to tell us the actual number, I was like, I can't believe she went there, but I was like, thank you so much that you did, you know? So yeah, that was crazy. Do you get like that? Like when something like that happens and you're like, okay, this is going to be a thing. And you're like, okay, yay. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I don't go for that in the interview, but it's a mental note. And you know what, it is something that, you know, a lot of us in the radio industry, like we have to remember. So like, truthfully, I'm always listening to what they're saying and trying to think of edit points for the interview. So that's the reason why in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's going to do this. This is going to be the clip that we're absolutely going to run, you know? So it's more of the excitement for that 
side of it, uh, that side of things. But, um, you know, for example, right now with the Free Britney movement, we were one of the last people, Cubby and I were one of the last people to really interview her in studio. And I have to tell you, the entire time I was looking at her and I was thinking like, God bless her. You know what I mean? She was just so sweet and so kind. And, you know, those are the moments where you remember, you're like, wow, I can't believe that I'm interviewing somebody who's going through something that is so incredibly difficult, you know? And so now I look back on interviews like that. And I think to myself, wow, we were really one of the last people to interview her a couple of years ago. It's crazy. I agree with all of that. I, the same way, like your mind goes off when you hear something and, you know, sometimes you go fishing for it, but other times you're like, wow, mental note, didn't expect that. Bravo. Like, let's just take a moment internally and I'm freaking out. But yes, but you were one of the last ones to interview Brittany for the glory CD. I mean, what do you think of this whole like free Britney? I mean, you know, she just was denied. Like, I don't know if you saw that, like after she spoke out and now they're saying like, she called 911 repeatedly the night before. What do you think of all this? It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I fully support her gaining her life back. I mean, just, I get goosebumps talking about it as a woman. It is heartbreaking. It's devastating. I listened to the 23 minutes of her speaking to the judge and you could feel her desperation. And I think it is time for people to allow her to live her life. Like, look, I, and I honestly said at the time that she was going through everything, I think a lot of people were commenting, especially in the entertainment industry. And, um, I, I said this on the air, you know, I may have said a thing or two where, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, she's crazy. But it came to a point where you started to become concerned. You know what I mean? And I think that people lost that in the mix of everything that was happening because the tabloids were so all over the place with her. And so my heart goes out to her and I support the free Britney movement. I love that people are coming out to support her. I know that Cher put something out the other day, which is like another queen. I'm like, yes, queen. Thank you. Speak, you know? So anybody who is out there supporting her, I think it's a wonderful thing. And the more attention that we can bring to it, I think that the closer we'll get to her actually getting her life back. I hope so. I mean, I've had, some pretty high powered, like well-known lawyers on this show to talk to. And just the more you talk to them, you're like, man, I mean, I I think there needs to just be a change of the law. Like conservatorships are just not meant to be broken, but we also don't have a 40 year old woman who's pretty much in control of her life, usually in a conservatorship. It's, I don't know what's going to happen. The New York times article that literally just came out, I believe it was this past week. I read it and it was a lot. There was a lot there to digest. And I think they did a great job of really putting through the timeline of how little control she had of her life. And that is the concerning part. She's a mother. The IUD thing really just, that was for me, I said, forget it. They are not even letting her have control of her own body. There is something so wrong about this. And, you know, my, I, like I said, my heart goes out to her and I really do. I I genuinely pray that she will be able to get through this because I think she deserves it. She's worked her tail off and she deserves to live her life. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And the IUD was my point of like, wasn't it now you have my attention. Like, it's almost like you had it before, but that was the like, Oh, now there was something about that, that like gave me chills that I'm like, disturbing it was so disturbing to me and that is where I was like okay all right that's it there's just no good reason why anybody should have that type of control over a woman I'm sorry like so yeah we definitely felt the same way there that was the 
What about you've spent a lot of time with another queen, Miss J-Lo? Oh, yes. I love my J-Lo. I love my J-Lo. I'm so happy for her. Did you see the pictures of her and Ben? I like, she is glowing. I don't know why this didn't happen years ago, but I'm glad it's happening now. J-Lo is, she's New York. She's a New Yorker. You know what I mean? For us at KTU, we're very fortunate. She loves KTU. She always comes through and we've always supported her. We have been her station. And, um, and that's why I really do. I love our connection. Whenever she comes through, she asked me about the kids. Like she actually used to live when she was with Mark Anthony around the same neighborhood that I live in. So we have that too. And we always talk about that, but JLo is just, she is, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, a hustler. She does not stop. That woman is a machine. She is all about her job. I mean, for her to have that commitment, not only for her body, but for her mind, for what she does, she's a smart businesswoman. She has made something out of like, think about it. Selena, nobody knew who she was. And then she comes out with her music. I mean, you talk about a person who is multi-talented and took it to the nth level. That's JLo for me. So I just have nothing but love and respect for her. And I always love when she comes in because I'm like, okay, what makeup are you using? What are you doing now? You know what I mean? Because I always get like hints from her, but she's fantastic. Love my JLo. Yes, I've seen her live. And like the last time I saw her in Vegas, I was like, this isn't, whether you like the music or not, like this isn't a normal human being. Like it's literally, I don't understand it. At any age, like forget, like, but even like, how does someone do that? I don't get it. And like, she looks better than some 20 year olds. I mean, seriously, she is crushing it. That's why I say it's like her commitment to her body, to like her craft, to what she's doing. And also I really appreciate the fact that she's like producing her own stuff now. You know what I mean? I think that that's just another move in Hollywood where there's a woman who's taking this opportunity to really get out there and, and be in the room when they're talking about developing things. So JLo for me, she's one of my ultimates. <laughs> and you're you're very you're all in support of this benefer movement i i can say I am. Uh, anything you know what it is i think life is too short and i've always been a big believer in this it is so hard to find love especially in 2021 like seriously for her to find this again and to be happy who are we to take that away from her go do you baby live your life be happy have that great sex i'm here for it i want to see you glowing and i think ben looks great and happy it's like I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be supportive of it. Do you think this has legs? Like, could this go to distance? I think with with Jennifer Lopez, absolutely. She's a lover. She loves to be in love. I mean, honestly, look at look at her track record. And, I, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. Who doesn't love to be in love? Who doesn't love that feeling? You know what I mean? So I just think it's wonderful. And I think that it does have staying power. I know the, that her mom loves Ben. I know her sisters love Ben. So, you know, I think that there's a lot there. I think the kids, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. I don't know if anything's happened there, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's a wonderful partnership. Perhaps there'll be a double date with you and your husband, Mark and Ben oh. and Jen soon. <laughs> Do you want me yeah. to put that out to the universe also for yes. you? You never know. Were you shocked when she split from A-Rod? Um, I was, but then again, like when I heard all the rumors, I was not surprised. I got to be honest with you because I was just like, first of all, what a dummy you have JLo and you're DMing allegedly these reality stars. It's like, get your life right, dude. Like you have literally the best 
woman with you. He messed it up for himself. And I'm sorry, A-Rod, but I have to speak the truth. So, you know, that's it. That's what I said. I mean, it's Jennifer Lopez. Like, what yeah. went what went wrong? Well, I don't think it says anything about her. It doesn't. It says a lot about him and his insecurity and his need to feel wanted or desired or you know what I mean? I think that when I looked at a lot of people were saying, which really upset me, oh, something must be wrong with I'm like, there is nothing wrong with JLo. I'm like, this has everything to do with him. And if you can't appreciate and love what you have in front of you, then you don't deserve her. Then she does deserve to go off and be happy with somebody else. Boom. I said it, (laughs) but it's, it's true. It is all about him. It's like, this has nothing to do with her. And yes, Madison allegedly from Southern charm, like what's going on. Right. Right. I don't get it. I put them both together and I'm just kind of like, okay. I mean, not that Madison isn't a beautiful, I mean, look at her. She's gorgeous, but it's just like, not JLo. <laughs> it's Jennifer freaking Lopez. Exactly. Exactly. How was Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga was always awesome. And I'm, I, I swear to you, I would tell you the truth if somebody was a total jerk. Like Lady Gaga used to listen to Elvis growing up. So for her, when the first time she came in, she's like, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Like she couldn't believe that she was meeting Elvis and the show because this is what she listened to while she was living in New York. And so um, she's just a wonderfully gracious person and she gets it. I used to, I used to love waiting for her to come in because you never knew how she was going to show up. What kind of a getup was she going to be wearing? And she brought it every single time she kept us guessing. It was so like one of my coworkers, Greg T we would have him dress up like what she was wearing the last time she came she used to get the biggest kick out of it. She knows how to make fun of herself. She knows how to like really enjoy this. And that's what I appreciate about her. She hasn't gotten lost in all of like, you know, the, the entertainment business, you know? So she's, she's another one who is really awesome. And she comes fully dressed, even though it's radio. Like, I know you probably have press before and after, but still like fully dressed. Fully dressed for our interview. Then she would change because downstairs the paparazzi would be waiting for her. So she would give another look. She was serving looks every single time. And that's, I like, you have to respect that, you know? Have you seen like a lot of people change? Like, you know, to your point, like when they come back a third time, a fourth time, and you're like, we were there at the beginning. Like you, you see that trajectory. Yeah, you do. And I will say this, you see it a lot with, um, with, people who, who don't stick around very long, you know, the mainstays, you know, like the Mariah's, the Mary J. Blige's, the J-Lo's, the Lady Gaga's, they remember you, the Backstreet Boys, you know what I mean? I, honestly, they've always just been so awesome because we've interviewed them throughout their careers and they've seen us kind of grow too. And so those are the relationships that I really value, but there are some people who think they're bigger than they are. And then you see them like the next year when their album didn't do so great, you know? So there, you do get a lot of people who act that way, but I think it also is a testament to kind of like where they are in the industry. What about the boys like Justin Timberlake and Harry Styles? Harry Styles is 
amazing. I will say this. There is one time, he's so playful. Even when he was with One Direction, he was the most fun. He sat next to me for the interview after we brought him a cake for his birthday, because it was his birthday. They shoved his cake in it, or they, they shoved his head in the cake. So he had cake on the side of his face. And he came up to me and he gave me a big hug. And I had cake icing on the side of my face. Like Harry Styles is just awesome. I love how authentic he is. He is his true self all the time. He's always been. And I really think that like, we are just scratching the surface of his potential. I think this is going to be another story of like, you know, I know that he's acted before, but I think we're waiting on that one role where people are really going to see his talent. Um, Harry Styles has always been awesome. Justin Timberlake, truthfully, I've only interviewed him a couple of times. He's fine. You know, I mean, he's, there's not really a whole lot, you know, there for me to tell you. Um, Bruno Mars, incredible. Bruno Mars is awesome. I love him. Um, I have more fun with him off of the interviews than I do on. Uh, that's something that I will say about Bruno. You know, he lets loose a little bit after. But um, no, I mean, I've been very fortunate in my career that I've, I've really only had a handful of jerks. <laughs> Who were some of those jerks? Oh my gosh, this is tough. Um, so let's see. There was one person. Do I have to name names? Do I have to tell you who it is? We're you such, good, we're such you, good friends at this point. You might as well. <laughs> um, you know, well, I, okay, let me preface it with this. Before I told you, celebrities have good days and bad days. I really think this was a bad day for him. I really do. Um, Usher came into the studio he was not having the best interview. He was serving up a little bit of attitude. And I also think it's a lesson for artists to learn too. We're doing our job. Your job is to promote your album. Our job is to interview you. It's a give and take. So if you're going to come in and have a bad attitude, and this was not an interview that I was running, by the way, this was uh, when I was on, when I was on uh, Elvis's show. Um, you know, I think that there needs to be a mutual level of respect. And I think that that day was just off for him. And I, so yeah, I said, I wasn't going to name any names, but since we're such good friends, there you go. That was it. But you know what? But then there are other times where I've interviewed him where he's been absolutely lovely. You know, there's Adam Levine is notorious. You know, there are stories about Adam Levine. We've gotten him on good days. We've gotten him on some really bad days. You know what I mean? So that's where I think that sometimes artists need to remember, like, we're here to help you. We're not here to hurt you. I'm never the person in an interview who's going to go after that person. I'm not going to ask you the uncomfortable question to make you feel uncomfortable, but I also have to do my job. And there are some questions that are tough for me to ask too. You know what I mean? So yeah, those are just a couple. Oh, I know just what you mean. What is, and then I have a question about that. What is Adam Levine like on a bad day? Um, he was just, he, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, and it wasn't even to me, it was to one of my co-hosts and I just didn't appreciate the way that he was treating her. I was just kind of like, dude, like you're kind of being a dick. Like what's wrong with you? You know? And I mean, and that's why it's like, hopefully I don't get in trouble for this, but if I do, who's going to yell at me? Um, I'm being honest. And, you know, he was sitting there eating a bunch of clementines or, you know, and it's like, we're trying to conduct an interview here with you. It would be like me having a, a full course meal with you right now and not giving you the proper time and attention that you deserve because you've taken the time out of your day to do this. He just wasn't pleasant to my co-host, which really upset me. And that's where I just, I, I basically said to him, I was like, do you want to do this? Like, or no, you know, <laughs> because like, it doesn't seem like you want to be here. And then after it's like, when you call them out, then they're like, no, no, of course. 
of course we want to do this. But I think that I, I'm not the only person who's ever interviewed him that has said that. So I have had people eat, not many, but I've had at least two people eat here on this show too. It is, I agree. Like it's a little I weird. Some I have some respect for the person. Like, I mean, you know, we're both here for a reason. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, yes, take a sip of your coffee. I love that, you know, but like, when you're, when you're sitting there and you're paying more attention to peeling your, your Clementine and we have to repeat the question to you three times and you really don't want to be there, then, then talk to your management and don't do the interview or reschedule it. Totally. How do you handle just from someone that interviews those questions? Like you said, you know, like same thing, like there's certain questions I'm like, okay, you know what? I thought about it. We can scrap this. This is so inappropriate. And then there's other questions where you're like, I'm not doing my job if I don't ask this and it's going to be uncomfortable, but I have to ask, mm-hmm. how do you handle those? Like, do you, yeah. And have you ever had someone say, I'm not answering that and then just stop the interview in the middle? Um, nobody's ever walked out of an interview for me. You know what it is? I wait for the moment. I wait for the moment. I really do because I want to feel the person out. Um, you know, somebody who has a lot of restrictions, um, I will say like, you know, Brittany or Janet Jackson, we were given a list of things that we were allowed to ask. And and now that's a new thing too, where management comes in and I'm like, you guys have to let me do my job. Like, you know, I know that you don't want me to talk about X, Y, and Z, but this is what people want to know about, you know? So like, we got to find a way, like, how can I ask it that that's palatable to you? Or, you know, where can I go with this? Because I also want to be respectful and I want to maintain those relationships because this is an industry where you see everybody again, you know? So that's the reason why it's like, I wait for the moment. I really do. And I wait to see, are they comfortable with me? Do I feel like they're going to open up? And that's actually what happened with Casey Perry. I think we made her feel so comfortable that she just went there and she went for it. And I was so grateful not because she gave me that soundbite because she revealed how much she was making. But to me, it was a testament to her feeling that comfortable in my space. You know what I mean? So I really appreciated that. And after the fact, I said to her, I was like, you know, thank you. Because like what you just did is going to help so many women. And she was like, that's what it's about. I agree with all of that. I mean, I feel the person out and you just, you can tell sometimes Mm -hmm. right away where this is going to go. And you just kind of read the room and you just know how to ask something. You're not going to get it. But if they started to, if you start to kind of like peel away the layers and if you start to kind of go there and they they feel like a a kinship with you, then you can ask it. And like I said before, like there are some shows who really go for it and they want to get that reaction. I would never want to upset somebody. It's just not who I am. It really isn't how I move. Like that's not my energy. I want people to feel like they're in a safe space with me, but I also want to get to the nitty gritty. I want you to tell me what's going on. That is my gig. That's what I do. So yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, I have to ask and then totally. And there's a way to do it. And that's, and anytime, right. As far as the list and what to say and what not to say, sometimes, yes, it's ridiculous. And I'll push back and be like, trust me, I know how to ask this in such a non-offensive way. Like I always say to people, like, if we don't address this at all, trust me, this is going to be more of an issue that I don't bring this glaring fact up. So we're going to do it in a way that's so like nice and respectful and we'll move on. And then every time afterwards, they're like, oh, wow, you handled that really well. And I'm like, I told you, you just have to relax and trust me for a minute. Because they're expecting the other side. They're expecting what they would get from another person. And that's why I say to them, then you don't know me. 
because you, if you knew me, you would know that I would never try to make somebody feel uncomfortable. You know, Miley Cyrus came to us after she was in a relationship with uh, Liam. And you know what, that was, that was tough, but we did, we said, you know, like, how are you doing? I, I just, and I honestly, I think the question even was like, how are you? How are you doing? It wasn't asking like, are you moving on? Are you? And she's like, well, you know, I mean, look, I I'm just out of this, you know? So that right there, I think that a lot of people forget that these celebrities, they're real humans, they're people, and they don't get a whole lot of people who genuinely want to know, like, are you okay? How are you feeling? You know what I mean? So if, if anything, I always want people to feel like they're in a safe space with me, you know, and that, and that's really kind of where I want my career to go. I want anybody who comes into our studio to know, like, I'm going to take care of you. If I'm going to give you any kind of like, uh, of press, it's going to be good press. Like we're going to go there, but we're going to go there in a respectful manner. And that's really how I want people to feel when they come to see our show. Same thing. Cause you always want them to come back. And how are yeah. you doing is one of my favorite questions. When, when, Ebony was here. It was like in the height of all this stuff that was going on. And like, that was my first question. She's like, oh my God, like, wow. It almost throws them off. Yeah, it totally threw her off. Yeah. And she was like, I thank you. And then ever, that was it. That set the tone for the whole thing. And we just had like a love fest. And she was like, you're the first person. Yes. It's all about how are you doing? (laughs) Who is, well, speaking of one more moment, let's talk about Kelly Clarkson singing your pregnancy announcement. That like, it is one of the most special things. I'm not even kidding you. Kelly is, I mean, it's no wonder that her daytime talk show is doing so well because she is so genuine and so amazing. She's just a beautiful person, period. This is somebody who hasn't forgotten where she came from and gets it and really knows how to listen to her audience and like to her fans. And, and I mean, she just, she really is just so beautiful. She's just, I, I, I don't have enough adjectives to describe her that morning. Nobody knew that I was pregnant with my, with my baby Asher. And, um, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if she will sing my announcement and Cubby, who was my co-host at the time was like, we've got to ask her management. And I said, we've interviewed Kelly so many times. I'm asking Kelly. Like I'm not, her management is going to say no. So I told her, I said, Kelly, I said, um, we're going to tell everybody my big news. And she's like, what's your big news? And I said, I'm pregnant. She's like, oh my gosh. I said, and I wrote some lyrics to heartbeat song because that was the single that she was promoting at the time. I'm like, how perfect is this? We had my son's heartbeat and she sat in the studio. She was like, of course I'll do it for you. I printed the lyrics. She signed them. I went, when he's older, I said to my husband, we've got to frame it and tell him the story and play back the audio for him because it was just so incredibly special to me. Just the fact that she was like, of course, I'll make the announcement for you, you know? So that was awesome. I can't believe you know that. That's so crazy. Like I said, I do my research. You do, you do. You need to take him to a Kelly Clarkson concert when he gets absolutely oh my gosh for sure and my kids love music I will say that I took my son to Bruno Mars I mean he loves Bruno Mars they they love live music my Noah always um my Asher is younger he didn't get the opportunity to because of the pandemic but Asher or Noah came to the um to K2 Euphoria which is a show that we put on every summer and uh the chain smokers were hanging out with him Enrique Iglesias who I've known since I started in Miami came through he's like this is your son like so I think these are moments that my son will remember but the best story I'm sorry and I know I'm, I'm talking no like, no this is all but, um, 
Uh, the best story is Sting was at one of our last shows with Shaggy. He had an album that he was uh, doing with Shaggy. And he came and I'm like, Sting is a legend. I need a picture. And I very rarely ask for pictures, but like for my son, I'm like, this needs to happen. Like I need to make this happen. So Sting comes in. I said to him, I said, would you mind taking a picture with my son? He's like, absolutely. He's like, when he gets here, come and get me. We're standing outside of his dressing room. He comes out. I'm going to send you the picture. It is hilarious. I take a picture. Sting is kneeling down, smiling. And my son has his face and my husband's leg. He was mortified. And I said, you are going to regret this. Like later on, it is the best picture ever. But Sting was so gracious. He was, he's like, that is the best picture I think I've ever taken. I'm going to send it to you after this. Seriously, You will, you will love this picture. That is crazy about Sting. I mean, are you the type, you know, you say you never ask for a picture. Are you the type that gets starstruck? I mean, you've met all these people. Yes, celebrities are just like us. I mean, Madonna, J-Lo, Gaga, we could go on and on. Like, do you get starstruck ever? I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Stevie Wonder, the people who I really am a fan of. And that's something, too, that I'm like, normalize, like, getting excited in the industry for the people that you love and respect. Like, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to be an embarrassing fangirl, but I am going to tell Mary J. that the My Life album defined a really bad period of my life too, you know, like that, that she helped me grow. Like, I think that they appreciate that. Isn't that what the artistry is about? Because I think that like, everybody's too cool now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I would never, I told Mariah, Mariah is my woman. I love her. I mean, Mariah to me can do no wrong. She's another one. And it's like, Mariah knows that I have genuine love for her. I said to her, I got ready for today. Like I was going on a date girl. He said, I shaved my legs for you. Like I got myself already. I got a blowout, you know? And like, they appreciate that after a while, you know, because there's so many people who think they're too cool for the room. It's like, no, I celebrate you. Like, I love you. I love your work. Wouldn't you love for somebody to say that to you? Completely. And I'm the same way. Like I won't fangirl, but then like there's certain people that you have on. Like I recently interviewed, don't ask me how. (laughs) <laughs> but I like interviewed and I'm just like, how is this? No. And then, and literally Carolina, like two weeks later, I interviewed Fran Drescher. So I'm Stop. like, right. So it's just two moments of like, I don't even understand how the stars have aligned to make right. either of these right. things happen. And like, I just have to take a moment out and be like, I have to tell each of you on air yes. that like, this is not a normal thing. Like, I can't even believe I'm saying these words that like this is here. Like, this is like, insane. They're icons. They're icons. <laughs> so then I think, you know, like every now and then I'm like, you're here. I have to tell you. It's like a moment in time. How is Mariah to interview? You just love her. She's great. Mariah is so amazing. And like, she's another one. Like, she's been through so much, you know? I mean, you look at her career and the ups and downs that she's had, but like, the one thing that she's genuinely appreciated are her fans. And that's the reason why I told her it's like, I've supported her career. I support her always. And like, for me, Mariah is very generous in her interviews. She's very generous because like, she knows what she needs to put out there. But then if she connects with you, she gives you so much more. And so I really can't. That's why I said, it's like, I I know that there are many people who have an impression of her. And when I say diva, I mean that in the most respectful way, but like, she is just incredible. She's a wonderful person to interview. Um, She's not easy. 
She's not easy. She's another one that you need to be prepared because she will call you out. She'll be like, baby, that was not with so-and-so that was this, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, but, um, but yeah, she's just, she's another person who like you, I was like, I can't believe I'm interviewing Mariah, you know? Well, that's kind of a big deal. Yes. Yes. Right. And she has this reputation of being such a diva, but Right. And then when you meet someone like that for the first time, are you just like, I mean, I really, that's why I don't believe anything I hear about anyone. I'm like, I judge it based on before, during and after. So, right. So Mariah has a reputation of, you know, being a total diva. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what though? I think also like, again, she gets it. She's playful. She understands. She's like, you know, the one time that we had her come in, she was like, oh honey, it is hot in here. Did they not bring the fans? You know? And like, then the next time they brought the fans, you know what I mean? So it's, it's for me, I love when people can be, you know, can make fun of themselves a little bit. You know what I mean? And get, get in on the joke with you, you know? Has there ever been someone where, like you said, like the list was so long of like, do not, do not mention these things that you guys were just like, or you were just like, you know what? I just, I think we're going to pass. There's no point. I've, I've never passed only because I think it's important for them to promote their new projects. I think that that's only fair, but um, there have been some people like, you know, and look, let's be honest. If you were going through something, I'm sure that you would have a team of people who were trying to protect you. Um, you know, I like I, I want to tell you, like, I don't know. I, I feel like Selena Gomez was going through some stuff at one point, you know? And then truthfully, her management was very, um, they were stifling. They, they really came through and they were like, and we want you to do this and we want you to do that. We don't want you to do this and we don't want you to do that. And then- Selena ended up coming in and feeling so comfortable and it was a great interview. And that's, and that's really kind of like just going back to saying like, can you guys just trust me? Can you trust that I'm not going to do anything to try to hurt her? Like, so that's another example of people who, but I would never pass up on an interview because of that list. Like, I also don't think that that's very fair to the artist. I'm the same way. I've never passed. And I would think the same thing. Like sometimes like then when the artist comes, it's almost like, wow, they really aren't aware. Like it really is a team that's doing their job. And this person, which I thought was going to be a nightmare is just so lovely. And we are bonding and like what a pleasant surprise. Well, you know what? And it's also like um, something speaking to that, you know, a pleasant surprise. There are so many people who have spoken about like Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande was amazing. Like, absolutely loved her she was just darling like you know so it's also like you can't believe everything that people say like about certain artists because it's not fair to them you know like I had heard so many things about Ariana and I was just kind of like oh you know what like here we go and she came in and and then after I kind of checked myself I'm like why would you listen to other people like your experience is going to be totally different you make the experience you know and to her credit she was awesome. So, you know, that's, that's another way that it can turn. Was that like one of the most shocks you were, you know, like where you were like, I just don't really want to do this, you know, just in that I heard all I these just, things and it's going to be a, a drama. Uh, yeah. I, I guess that I let people give me an impression or I, I let people influence my opinion of her. And then when she came in and that's really where I kind of did, I checked myself at the end and I was just like, Ariana Grande was freaking awesome. Like I loved her. What a little badass. You know what I mean? I was so glad that I didn't listen to other people. And that's the reason why it's like, I want to form my own opinions. And that's the thing. It's like with all of this, I I'm always learning. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm always learning, I'm always growing. And I think that that's really what it's all about. I mean, I'm not an expert at what I do. I'm gonna make mistakes, everybody does, I'm a human. But at least I'm trying to do this with integrity. I'm trying to be the best person that I can be. And I really just want to give our listeners an entertaining, positive, and uplifting show. That's really what it is. That's why I said, I'm never going to be the person that's going to go for the salacious story. Some people have called me too nice. If that's the worst thing that you can say about me, I'll take it, you know, especially in this industry. Well, then you get people who want to come back. So I mean... Who has been the toughest you've ever interviewed? Like, has it been Madonna or? I would say Madonna took it. Yeah, yeah. She was up there as one of the hardest people because you know what? It's also, it's a give and take. And and I think that there was a point in that interview where she was just not giving anymore, you know? So I think that was one of the, the most challenging interviews. But like I said, after we went for a drink and we sat down, And we like regrouped and we were like, where could we have done better? Where did this go wrong? Like, how could we have done this? You know, and that's what I think is more important. It's not that Madonna was challenging. It's how did we not give her the interview to make her feel like she could give us more? You know what I mean? So that was definitely a learning lesson. I do. And then just someone like that, I imagine Madonna comes with like a whole team of like, do not bring this up. Do not bring that up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then also you're, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, you're trying to run an interview and then you're trying to remember all the things that you're not supposed to talk about, but then you're trying to remember the things that are important that you need to ask, you know, give us a little credit too. You know what I mean? Like the interviewers have a hard time with that. You're really trying. And Oh, by the way, you only have, well, for us in radio, you only have seven minutes with this person. So, you know, go ahead and you're like, I'm on the time clock. You know, it's like, for example, the Jonas Brothers were doing a hit in New York, and it's like, you have them for 10 minutes. I'm like, I have them for 10 minutes? It's going to take them 10 minutes to come in here and assemble and for your team to get here. You know what I mean? So those are the other things that are just kind of like their management needs to like understand where we're coming from. I've been getting into situations now, too, where I'm getting some of these bigger names, not Fran, but yeah, some right. of the music people where it literally is like, you have 10 minutes. Yeah. Do do with this what you want. And if you want 11 minutes, like we just, we'll just pass. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, slow down. No, no, nobody's passing. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I will make it work. But yes, it's a much, even 15 minutes. It's a much more difficult interview in my experience. Yeah, because you've got to make a connection within that first 90 seconds and then try to get the best interview that you can possibly get. I mean, think about it. If you have 10 minutes, You literally have a minute and a half to connect at the beginning before you really start getting into questions. And then you got to wrap it up somehow flawlessly and, and make them feel like that, you know, it's done, you know? Yes. Have you (laughs) ever had like a, you know, not necessarily like with a Madonna or someone where it's like difficult. And then afterwards you'll hear from management and they'll just be like, let us tell you all the things that the person's not happy with. Thankfully, no. Thank God. No, no, I really haven't because, you know, like I said, I am very respectful. I do try to get what I need, but like, if they say something's off limits, I'm not going to go there. I really don't. And I think that that is kind of how I've earned my reputation. Me too. Um, But thank goodness I haven't. I heard stories though. I've definitely heard stories of people who have gotten the call and then management has to get involved. And I'm like, I don't want to be in that group. You know, to me, it's like, listen, if it's completely off limits, 
and I yeah. push back and it's still off limits, I, that's I'm it. Not- like I, me either. I will not bring it up. Like yeah. my word is my word. My word is my yeah. word. Is there someone like who's on your wish list? I mean, I'm sure it's changing all the time because you're interviewing a lot of people that, you know, are, but do you have like a wish list of like, you would love to interview like one or two or three people? Oh my gosh, that's a tough question. I'm trying to think of who I would, I mean, honestly, I've interviewed her before, but Mary J, I think is just such a complex and beautiful artist. Um, I just watched her documentary. And like I said, I'm such a fan. I would love to like actually have a sit down with her. I would really love to like sit and talk to her truthfully. I mean, there are people on the political side. I mean, it's nobody fun. You know what I mean? Like, um, I I would love to sit down with the president of Nicaragua and be like, what is going on? Like what's happening with the country? You know what I mean? Like, I really would like to grow in my own space. Like I see a lot of change for my future. Um, I would love to start producing projects where, you know, I highlight some of the problems that are affecting Latina women in this country and not in this country. So, you know, I think that that's kind of the direction that I want to head in because like, truthfully, I have interviewed all of the biggest artists. Like I called my dad crying after I interviewed Stevie Wonder. I said, dad, I danced to Stevie Wonder with you at my wedding. He's one of the biggest artists of all time. And I got to interview him. You know what I mean? Like it's not lost on me. So yeah, I mean, there, there are many artists who I've interviewed in the past, but like now I think that it's like, you know, who wouldn't want to sit down with Oprah? You know what I mean? Like who wouldn't want to sit down with Michelle Obama and hang out and talk to her? You know what I mean? So that's kind of like, those are the people who I would aspire to, to interview. Well, Michelle Obama and Oprah, those are some good people. <laughs> Would right, you right. ever want to join? Like, I know you mentioned The View. Like, would you ever do like The View or like a talk show or like The Talk? Any of these things interest you? Um, I would. I would only because I think that daytime TV has gotten so serious. And that's the reason why I think that Kelly is really clicking. Um, you know, The View, I think, skews so politically that it's it's lost some of the fun, you know, and I am saying that with all due respect, you know, because I used to watch the view growing up with Meredith Vieira and Barbara and, you know, when they had like the, the original cast, you know, and, and I think it's lost a bit of that camaraderie. I think that it's, it's a little bit combative. So for that reason, I would be hesitant, but I would really like to bring the fun. I think that like, that's just my energy. I'm, I'm not a combative person. I'm not a negative person. I want to uplift people. I want to make people smile. You know what I mean? Like I'm all about being positive. And so would I do one of those shows? Yes. But I think that I would put my own spin on it. I would bring, I would bring who I really am to hopefully enhance it. I think you saying the view has gotten a little bit combative is a very nice understatement of the yeah. view. <laughs> I mean, we know, you know, if you watch it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit tough to watch at times. And, you know, I really think that the message that they're putting out there, it's important, but you know, you want to watch people not fight with each other on TV. I feel like we can, you can see that in the news. You can watch that on YouTube or, you know, I want to, I want to feel great when I'm watching TV, you know? So I think it's lost a little bit of that. Totally. And speak, this is just my own, see, this is my lack of research. Have you ever interviewed, this is just my own selfish curiosity, Cher, Tina Turner or Prince? Oh my gosh. You know what? When you, when you asked me who I would want to interview, I, the first person who came to mind was Prince. It is, he is the one. And, and I'm, I'm just so devastated that I never got to see him live, uh. that I never got to interview him. 
he is the ultimate for me. I grew up on Prince. Me too. He's the ultimate. The ultimate for me. And so that is one of my biggest regrets is never being able to either see him live or or speak to him. I heard he's very, he was very challenging. Um, but he is just, oh my gosh, like legend, legend. Um, no, and I haven't had the opportunity to um, interview Tina Turner. I know that she's very selective with who she speaks to, but she's another one who I would love to put on my wi- my wish list. And uh, Cher, no, never got the opportunity to meet with her either, but another one. I think we mentioned her earlier too. It's like, those are really incredible people. Prince, Prince Live was a, it wasn't uh, like, it wasn't a normal thing. It just was like, insane because he would literally be like change the show in front of your eyes he'd be like what song do you want and just like it was it was like there was no plan it was like insane but that's a testament to his artistry and like Mm -hmm. to what a true artist he was actually I was gonna say funny enough yesterday I was watching a video of Prince and Erica Badu on stage and I was just like how did this happen like oh my gosh you know it's like it's just such a tragedy that we don't have him here anymore because I think there was so much more that he was ready to give, you know? If you're ever in Minneapolis, you need to go to Paisley Park. I have to, I will. And I said to my husband, actually, I said for, you know, when the kids are a little bit older, I said, when when we're able to go away, I really want to experience that with my husband because he knows how much I love Prince. I mean, the stories about him are just so legendary that like, I would really appreciate that moment if I got to go. It's so just, it's, it, you walk in, you're like, of course, this is what it looks like inside. Yeah. You're like, I'm not shocked about anything, you're but right. you still want to see it. It's like, this uh, is Prince. Like, of course, this yeah. is how Prince lived. Like, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, I definitely would. Uh, he's just, he's unbelievable. Speaking of your husband and kids, like you are just a happily married family woman, like looking at your Instagram, it's very clear that you are just, you know, not everybody is happily married with a family. Yeah. Like it comes across from your Instagram. So how is the family doing? They are my world. They are my world. And like, honestly, I, I say this and I'm not being cheesy. Like my husband is not perfect. Like we don't have a perfect marriage. We do have our ups and downs. I'm, I'm very honest about that, but he literally changed my life. My husband is the best thing that ever happened to me. He gave me my two boys. He is such a wonderfully supportive partner. My husband is probably one of the shyest, most quiet. He is not about the spotlight at all. And he lets me shine. You know what I mean? And, and he, lo- and he loves it. And that's what is just, it makes it work, you know? And my two little boys are just so delicious. Like they really are. And, and anybody who knows me knows that my family comes first over everything. There is no way that these little boys will ever feel like their mom wasn't there for them. Like I was on a plane yesterday for like practically nine hours for them to come and visit their grandparents. You know what I mean? So for me, family is everything. They are my whole entire world. And, and look, families and marriage, they're hard work, you know, and I've been very vocal about the fact that, you know, my husband and I, and I have gone to counseling together when we've had breaks in communication, you know, um, we work at our marriage because it's important to us. And we always say to each other, 
our boys will grow up and they'll find their partners, but we always only have each other, you know, and, and that's important to me. So I told him, I'm like one and done, baby. That's it. It's me and you. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And should I ever have a husband? I am stealing your quote because this is one of the best quotes that was on your Instagram. When you, your 10 year anniversary, you said to your husband, if he had, if he had a twin, you would still choose him. I love it. And I'm stealing it. If I ever have a husband, I'm stealing it. Then, then you're stealing it from Drake because Drake, oh, really? said, it. Oh. Drake said it. If you had a twin, I would still choose you to Rihanna and work, which is one of my favorite songs. And I, I'm not up on my Drake. <laughs> but Drake is one who I want to interview. Drake is amazing. And I heard he's really, really tough. So I would love to. Really? Like, yeah. But like, but no, definitely. Like, I always say this about Mark and I, and, and I really do believe that like we were brought together for a reason and there's no, there's no explanation for it, but in August, it'll be 13 years since we met. And I said, from the day that I met him, he made me a better person. Where did you guys meet? We were, well, we were set up on a blind date, but I didn't know it was a blind date. So he kept asking me if I wanted a drink and I'm like, I can buy my own drinks. No, thank you. You know what I mean? And like, I thought he had a girlfriend, so I didn't want to mess with him. Cause I was like, I was, I'm a girl's girl. I'm not trying to go after any girl's man. And, um, we were set up by a mutual friend and she was like, you guys would be perfect for each other. And thank goodness. I didn't know that she was setting us up because I probably wouldn't have shown up that day. And uh, we did. And ever since that day, it's, it's worked out. So it's been an incredible like journey with him. Wow. Does he ever get starstruck and say like, Hey, can I come to the studio? Stevie wonders there too. Never. Not into it at all. He is unaffected. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't know. Like, I mean, it's honestly, he gets his information from TMZ from 30 minutes a night. Like that's, that's the only entertainment stuff that he even knows. And even from that, like, he'll never ask me, Hey, what happened with, why is this going on? Like, he just doesn't, he's all about finance. He's all about his job. Like doesn't know anything that's going on in the entertainment industry. And it's kind of better that way. You know, like he brings so much to the table. Like I always say, we're like a mullet. You know, like we are literally like a mullet. He's the business in the front and I'm the party in the back, you know? So that's, that's another way to describe our relationship. That's why it works. Yes. How is the current show with Greg T? How is KTU going these days? The current show is amazing. We are doing so well. I'm literally working with my best friend. He's like my brother. The fact that I got to work with Greg T was so, so like, it surprised everybody. Nobody thought he would ever leave Elvis's show, but it was time for him to grow. And the fact that Elvis was gracious enough to say like, you know what, do this, go do your thing. You've earned your stripes, like go to the other station and, you know, make me proud. It was really an incredible moment for him. And you know what? Like, that's why I said, we, we're a different kind of morning show. You know, we're not salacious. You can listen in the car with your kids, but we also are entertaining for adults, you know, and that's, that's a difficult balance. We always say it's easier to go with like, with like the, the, the stuff that's, let me rephrase that. So we always say it's easier to go with the things that are out there, right? It's harder to be more creative. It's harder to find those subjects or those things that you can talk about where it's safe enough for everybody to listen to, but it's still intriguing. You know what I mean? Like it's still something 
So, so that's kind of like our challenge every day. And like I said, we just want to stay positive. We want people to smile when they listen to us. We want you to feel like you're listening to your two best friends. And we hope that we're putting that out there, you know? And sometimes, at least in my experience, those like off things that are innocent and happy, those, those, at least in my, those become a thing. And you're like, who knew this like innocent statement was a thing. You're like, see, it doesn't all need to be salacious. Well, exactly. It's thought provoking. And, you know, and maybe it, it makes you talk about something with your friends that you normally wouldn't, you know? So that's the reason why, like, we're, we're just, we're loving it. The fact that we get to work together. I mean, look, it was tough. The pandemic happened and we weren't even a year into our show. So um, now we've done over a year on uh, through Skype and Zoom. And so that was a transition for us, but we did it beautifully. And, you know, I think that we, we really have a lot of room to grow. My hope is that, you know, the company stands behind us and begins to look at us as a potential to put out there for other markets. And, you know, we'll see. You never know. You never know what the year can hold. So. Well, anything else you want to cover? Anything else I didn't mention? <laughs> Thank you for entertaining all my Real Housewives of New York questions in the beginning. Oh, my gosh. That was my pleasure. My you pleasure. need to send me that picture for real. I'm sending the, you the sting picture. The sting one. I- I will ask um, John for your email, my friend, John. I, don't, I know you know John Pascarella. He is amazing. He is we have one to of give a shout out. Friends. He's a good friend of yours, right? Have to give a shout out to John Pascarella. He is a legend in this industry. He's been working with Maury Povich for like, I don't even know how many years, uh, like 20 something years. It's been insane. John gets things done when he wants something from you. I mean, I don't know about you, Carolina. I have about one to four seconds to respond. And on second five, I get another text. Like, why haven't you responded? Oh, you get a text. I get a FaceTime call. Where are you? Answer me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was in the shower. I I don't know what happened. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know how you created this in life, but like, I need to take a lesson that like, I wait, I feel guilty that it's taken me three minutes to get back to you. He's amazing. He's one of my dearest friends. I met him when I first moved to New York. I was doing work on Maury Povich's show. That's how I got to know him. And um, I just absolutely adore my buddy, John. So like, yes, I will ask John for, I'll send it to your email, but big shout outs to John Pascarella because he's the man. He's made this happen. He makes lots of things happen. And when you really need something, he's the one to call. He's the man. Thank you so much. This is and I feel like I've taken up so much of your time. I don't know if I, cause I am, a, I am a talker. So I love that. No, well, I'm like a Gemini. So that's, I could talk to you all day. It's like the Gemini curse stay, of talking. <laughs> you're a Gemini. Yeah, I'm a Taurus, oh. but I can talk to you forever. I was like, you're a Gemini. Um, <laughs> well, where can everyone find you online? Everyone that wants to follow you after this lovely chat. Oh, I hope they do. I'm at the real Carolina on all social media. And you can listen to us on 103.5 KTU, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. And then once things start picking up again, you know, I'm still a correspondent for Dr. Oz. And my hope is just to get back out on the talk circuit and, you know, hopefully get on TV again so that I can entertain you guys. And, you know, fingers crossed that you'll see me in other places soon, too. You will need to come back on. Even if you're not on The Housewives, you could still come back on. (laughs) If you do get The Housewives, you'll definitely come back on. But also... You need to call me if you get the housewives, because let me tell you something. This is what I do. So I always say when people eventually are let go from the housewives in season eight or seven, I'm like, I could have told you what to do differently. So if you get the show, (laughs) I can give you advice on what to expect. I'm, you could listen to all these people that are on the show too, but trust me, 
I have advice that I can give you. So, well, I, you know what? I look forward to speaking to you again. You have made my cheeks hurt from smiling so hard. You are just such a joy. This was so awesome. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Get my email from John. Everyone needs to follow you. And thank you so much for your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This was awesome. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.